Welcome to Unstruck Sound, your space to be. To be a human being. This concept of being a verb versus being a noun, being alive versus being dead, came back to me as I was reading Becoming Kin by Patty Crowick. She states at least once this shift really at the root of how we think based on what we have words for in our language. And she's speaking of an Anishinaabe word and language and thinking structure. And that is, we are humans being. So the being is the verb. We are being versus as a noun or an object, like a human being. And that really reminded me of a passage within Braiding Sweetgrass. And that had first come to me in writing class I took a couple years ago. And I will share all the info in the show notes, of course. And really, you know, to get us thinking about who are we as verbs? And as I'm studying somatics, this seems related as well, because the idea of the soma, the word somatics is based on a Greek word called soma, which is about the body and the whole being, which is alive. And you can contrast that to another Greek word for body, which is nekros, which is that root of dead body. So you can imagine that soma is, yes, our body, and it's more than the physical representation of our body that we tend to think of in at least American English and culture, which is the one I'm most familiar with. So in Braiding Sweetgrass, Robin Wall Kimmerer spends a bit of time in a chapter really digging into nouns and verbs within different languages, notably within Potawatomi versus English. So she's speaking to how she learned the vocabulary, but found it hard to see the heart of culture in translating bed and sink into Potawatomi. Learning nouns was pretty easy after all. I'd learned thousands of botanical Latin names and scientific terms. To actually speak, of course, requires verbs. And here's where my kindergarten proficiency at naming things leaves off. English is a noun-based language, somehow appropriate in a culture so obsessed with things. Only 30% of English words are verbs, but in Potawatomi, that proportion is 70%. And from there... She goes on to really explore a bit between nouns and verbs. And that leads to a bay is a noun only if water is dead. When bay is a noun, it is defined by humans, trapped between its shores and contained by the word. But the verb wikawagama, to be a bay, releases the water from its bondage and lets it live. To be a bay holds the wonder that for this moment, the living water has decided to shelter itself between these shores, conversing with cedar roots and a flock of baby mergansers. Because it could do otherwise, become a stream or an ocean or a waterfall, and there are verbs for that too, to be a hill, 
to be a sandy beach, to be a Saturday. All are possible verbs in a world where everything is alive. Water, land, even a day. The language a mirror for seeing the animacy of the world, the life that pulses through all things, through pines and nut hatches and mushrooms. This is the language I hear in the woods. This is the language that lets us speak of what wells up all around us. And that really reminds me then of human being and how different that just feels in even saying it. And wow, how life would be if I lived inside a language that honored life and not just in me and in fellow humans, but in everything and that animacy, the verbness. So with that, I will pose a question that was posed to me a couple years ago in that writing class, which is what does it mean to be a verb? What does it mean to be a human being beyond the noun of being a human being? For more information on anything in this episode, please see the show notes. And if anything struck a chord, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, here's to being. Being.